to see real people. Hello, people. It's great to see you. And uh, virtual people, hello, too. Nice to see you. Um, thank you, band. Oh, it, you make it so hard for us. Uh, by the way, if, if you hear any faint singing, it's the angels, okay? So don't worry. It's just the angels joining in. Um, and, and, and Emily and the, ch- the ch- it's getting, we're getting back to normal. Well done, your, the children's work. This is great. It really is good to see you this morning. And uh, hope you're well. And uh, I was just talking to Jenny a moment ago, saying there's no substitute for being together and just that sense of common purpose and, and a focus on, on the Lord Jesus. So it's right. You're right. Absolutely right. Did, did the jab go okay? Is Dan okay? Did you have a good jab? Yeah, he just, just now? Yep, good. All good? Excellent. We're getting there, folks. We are. And uh, we're looking forward to just packing out here and worshipping together the way we, we should. Uh, we're going to, we've got a series in uh, Joshua. We're going through the book of Joshua. Um, and, uh, of course, the, 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 in the Old Testament, there's many illustrations and pictures of what it means to be a follower of the Lord, what it means to, to, to follow Jesus. And, and uh, we've called out this series uh, A Courageous Faith because uh, when it comes to Joshua, because the one thing you all know about Joshua, Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho, yeah, right? Well, we're, we're there this morning. Um, but just to say, of course, he, he, didn't fight, he didn't fight the battle. There wasn't a battle. <laughs> we'll get there in a while. But uh, as always, let's invite the Lord to speak to us. This, this word is alive. And, and we all need to hear God's word. Hey, I've just thought of something before we do that. I, I just see Lois there. Uh, Celia hasn't been well this week, has she? She's not. Is that, do you mind me saying that? Bless. I'm, I've said it. Sorry. Um, let's pray for her right now. Lord, we, we pray for Celia, who uh, just has been unwell this week, and uh, blood count thing, don't know what's going on. Sovereign Lord, we pray for your help, your healing, your good hand on her. And Lord, anyone else in church family who needs a touch from you right now, in their bodies, physically, we pray for them. We lift them up in the name of Jesus, and we pray, Lord, may they know a touch from your hand because you're a good, good Father. In Jesus' name. And we pray about the Word. (laughs) Lord, thank you. Your Word's alive. And we all need to hear your Word. Some, more than others, really need to hear your voice today. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? And may we hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to preach in three parts, and we're going to worship in the middle. And uh, I'll keep an eye on the time, sort of. So we're in, we're in chapter 5 of Joshua. I'm going to recap slightly on one or two verses that Dan Stagg uh, brought last week. So we're in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 6. And here we go. No, not verse 6. What am I doing? Chapter 5, verse 13. Okay, chapter 5, verse 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? No, came the reply. 
but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals. for The place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with this king and fighting men. March round the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march round the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, make the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse. And the army will go up, everyone, straight in. So Joshua, called, Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said, take up the Ark of the Covenant, make seven priests carry trumpets in front. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And when Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, don't give the war cry, don't raise your voices, don't say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, and then the army went back to the camp, spent the night there. Joshua got up early next morning. Priests took up the ark of the Lord. Seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them. The rear guard followed behind the ark while the trumpets kept sounding. On the second day, they marched round, returned to the camp, and they did this for six days. And on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, marched round the city seven times the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time round, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, okay, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Well, there we go. Dramatic stuff. As I say, the book of Joshua, it's all, it's an illustration of the Christian life. There's lots of pictures here that can help us understand the Christian life. Coming out of captivity into freedom, out of Egypt. Become, when you became a Christian, you, you, you came out of the, being, being captive uh, to, uh, to, to, to sin and death. The Bible says that we were, we, were, we were held captive. And when we become Christians, we are set free. We have peace with God. And we have a new life in him. So wonderful pictures. Um, but hey, who knows that when you become a Christian, everything doesn't just uh, happen instantly overnight. Coming out of Egypt, they, they weren't in the, the land of promise. They've come out, but they have, they've yet to come into all the goodness of what God's got for them. And it's the same for us as Christians. You may have given your life to Christ, become a Christian. You've come out, as it were, of your old life, but you've not entered in to the, the land of promise, the, the promises of God, the goodness of God, 
We need to learn from these books like Joshua. We need courageous faith. There's a stepping into the, the, the promises and the purposes of God. So let me ask you, are you living in the good of what the Lord Jesus has called you to? Are you living in the good of it? Or are you going around in circles in the desert like Joshua had been doing? Joshua had been in this place 40 years before, looking at this great big obstacle, Jericho. It's all locked up, can't get in. And he's looking at it, and he's basically overwhelmed. What am I going to do? You might be feeling like that right now. Christian, follower of Jesus, but there's just some kind of obstacle, battle, addiction, challenge in your life and it's robbing you of your peace your joy the blessing the Lord wants you to have now here's the thing God could have blown the whole problem away before they got there that would be nice wouldn't it we, and we often say Lord why am I facing why come on you're, you're big enough you could sort this and he could have done that with Jericho but he didn't why because our Heavenly Father's purpose for his children is that they learn to grow up, to trust their Heavenly Father, put their trust in him, and in the process see some wonderful answers to prayer. That's, that's, what, that's what our Heavenly Father wants for us. So here's dear old Joshua. Band, you better come up now. Are you ready? Because I'm coming to the end of my first part. He's faced with this great big problem. Jericho. It's locked. It's all locked up. It's all locked up. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? You might be feeling that right now. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to come through this challenging moment? What am I going to do here? What does Joshua Let's have a little look at that verse I just read to you. Verse 13. He looked up. He looked up. There's kind of something, a human impulse almost, isn't there? Sort of looking up. Looking up. And maybe you're not even a Christian this morning and you're facing things and you're looking up and you don't even know God, but it's a case of, oh God, what am I going to do here? Maybe you are a Christian. God wants to speak to you about this this morning. It's time to look up. Look away from the problem. Look up. Reminds me of a psalm. Probably a lot of you are probably remembering this psalm. Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. He probably wanted to run to the hills. (laughs) I will lift up my eyes to the hills, but no, he's looking beyond the hills to the one who made them. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. When you're facing battles, it's a moment to stop looking at the problems and lift up your eyes. 
lift up your eyes. So we're going to sing a song now. And I want you, as we're doing this, to be, whatever's going on in your life, I want you to lift up your eyes and start to look to the Lord. And if you're not a Christian, this morning, cry out, God, I don't know if I even believe in you, but I need you in my life. He's a good, good father. Let's worship. Thank you, guys. Keep playing there. Listen, a quote from uh, Jared Cooper's book, Glory in the Church. Paul and Silas were beaten up in jail in Acts chapter 16. They didn't feel like opening their mouths. They hadn't read the end of the chapter. They didn't know what God would do in response to their praises. But they sang out and adored God in the middle of their difficulties. And God's presence invaded the jail, shaking away their chains and setting them free. The power of God rides on the praises of his people. He somehow infects every faith-filled word with his authority, bringing all his kingdom resources to bear in that situation. And as we open our mouths, except if we're here this morning, of course, as we open our mouths in worship, the same glorious kingdom that is invading our hearts at God's throne invades the spiritual heavenlies around us. And as we confess his lordship and pray under his inspiration with singing and rejoicing, God's kingdom comes to earth. As we release our tongues, except if we're here, to declare the wonders and the lordship of Christ, the same powers and principalities around us experience the same world-creating, devil-commanding, sickness-destroying power that God has in his own mouth, the very mouth that made the universe. I think a clap. Can, we, can you sing that chorus one more time, please? But here, there's one more thing I want you to see. So we've seen the battles. He looked up. He worshipped. What did he do next? He walked the walk. He walked the walk. Now, you know the story seven times. What if he'd stopped after day one? Tragedy. No breakthrough. No breakthrough. What if he'd stopped after day two? Even bigger tragedies, they put more effort in and still nothing. But they walked the walk. They did what God said. They walked the walk day by day. And folks, that's what you and I need to be doing, especially in these days right now. We need to be walking the walk in the good of who the Lord Jesus is. That's what we, what we, what we need to be doing. Do you know, it's a whole lesson of, of the wilderness. Do you know why God gave them manna? You know why God gave them manna every morning, don't you? You can read about it in Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 8, to show them that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what it says. In other words, God was trying to show these slow people, you need to draw on me every day, please. That's why... The manna was sent. That was the whole purpose of manna. 40 years. I hope they got the message after 40 years, but we can be slow to learn. Folks, we need... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's alive. You need to take hold of it. I've used that quote before of J.I. Packer. This is God's lifeline for us to cling on to while the rescue is in progress.
We need to walk the walk. I want to encourage you. Are you walking the walk? I was chatting to someone else just now about um, our King's Dailies. If you, know, if you haven't got good routines, come and join us at King's Daily. Eight o'clock in the morning, ten minutes. It's one way or another, you need to get good routines into your life if you want to enjoy the fruit of what it means to be a Jesus follower. You do. Now, some of you are saying, I'm up all night with the children. Please don't lay this on me. I understand. I really get it. And please, uh, you know, more grace, Lord, help. And I, please, I totally get that. But for most of us, we just need that, can I use the word discipline? We don't like that word, do we? It's, okay, let's put another word. We need the rhythms of grace in our lives. Rhythms of grace so on a daily basis. We can draw on the resources and see the walls come down. If he'd stopped on day six, nothing would have happened. You, the writer to the Hebrews said, you have need of endurance so that you may inherit what has been promised. That's what it says. I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'm not making it up. It says there in um, Joshua chapter 10, don't throw away your confidence on day one, two, three, four, five, or six. Don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So when you've done the will of God, you're going to receive what the Lord has promised. I want to encourage you. Find your daily routine, please. Please, 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 please. Um, I'm going off, off my notes a little bit here. It doesn't matter. Um, I've got a favourite little quote from um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he writes this. The Old Testament day begins at the evening and ends with the going down of the sun. You know, where the Lord made the earth, the day ended. It was the evening, it was the evening and morning, the first day and so on. So the Hebrew day begins with the end of the day with the going down of the sun. It's a time of expectation. The day of the New Testament church begins with the break of day because it's a time of fulfillment, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. In the dawn of Easter morning, Christ rose in victory from the grave. The early morning belongs to the church of the risen Christ. At the break of day, it remembers the morning on which death and sin lay prostrate in defeat and new life and salvation were given. This, here we go. Now, I, I'm a believer in mornings, by the way. Now, some of you might think, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a night, I'm an owl. Anyway, listen, the scriptures, this is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, not me. The scriptures tell us the first thought and the first word of the day belong to God. Psalm 5, verse 3. My voice shall thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning I will direct my prayer to thee. Now, okay, I love mornings. I think there's a good basis for it. Somehow, at the start of your day, making it God's, somehow, even if you've got to get up the crack of dawn before you go to work, somehow, find a moment, find a moment. King's Daily, 8 o'clock, join us tomorrow. Read a bit more. I've got a bit of this quote on a picture. I keep this picture at the entrance to my man cave, my loft, my office in the loft. That's a picture of the sunrise taken from the space station. And part of the quote of Bonhoeffer is on here. And it says, At the threshold of the new day, 
stands the Lord who made it. Therefore, at the beginning of the day, let all distraction and empty talk be silenced. That means turn your phone off and social media, okay? Let all empty talk and silence be silenced, and let the first thought and the first word belong to him to whom our whole lives belong. I love that. I love that. Stop all the voices, the what-ifs. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get Jericho? How am I going to get through this day? At the threshold of the new day stands the Lord who made it. At the beginning of the day, let all distractions and empty talk be silenced and let the first thoughts and the first word belong to him to whom our whole lives belong. Inspires me. Let it inspire you too. Where was I? Folks, it's so important to get good routines into our lives. We're living in days when there's so many other things that can mess your heart and mind up. Fearful thoughts, anxious thoughts. Goodness me, you know, if you look at the news the first thing in the morning, that's not going to bless your socks off. It's not. Now, I'm not saying we bury our heads in the sand. I'm just saying we get God's perspective. And then we'll see the walls come down. Folks, this is, this is precious stuff, okay? Um, I've got one more point, and then I'm going to stop. One more thing happened here that brought the victory, the blowing of the trumpets. The blowing of... Now, John Bennett, I wish you were here this morning. Get your trumpet out. It won't be long now. We're going to be trumpeting. Folks, this blowing of the trumpet, what's this all about? Well, very quickly, let me just say this. There were two sorts of trumpets that, um, that, that were used, that, 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 that the people of God. There's the, the silver trumpet, or the shofar, which was used for when there's something's about to happen, when there's, you know, to, to alert people, okay? But there's another, there's another trumpet, which is the ram's horn, or yovel, and, and, and the ram's horn wasn't used to alert people to battle and so on. It was to alert people to celebration. Day of atonement and so on. It was to alert people to celebration. So this horn's getting blown. There's not going to be a battle. God already said a few verses earlier, I'm going to give that into your hand. It's about celebration. And that's what this, this ram's horn is all about. Celebration. Now, the, the, the word ram's horn, yovel, uh, it's the same root word as the word for jubilee in the Old Testament. Ju- no, the, 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 the year of jubilee. Now, you can guess from the word, jubilee means celebration, fun. Jubilee. Let me tell you what happened on the year of jubilee. On the year of jubilee, debts were wiped away. If you'd got into debt... Uh, the 50th year, seven weeks of seven and 50. Okay, 50, every 50 years, there'd be a year of jubilee in Israel. And it was, to, it was to wipe away debt. It was to set people free. If you were a slave, when the year of jubilee came, you're set free. It's a, 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 hey, beautiful. Jubilee is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So again, if, you'd, if, if business hadn't gone well and, and uh, uh, over the 49 years, you'd perhaps had to, to, to lease out your land to someone else or you, you, know, you, you were taken, you just couldn't afford to do it or family was in a bad way for various reasons. Come the Jubilee, 
It's wiped away. The, hey, would you like a jubilee on your mortgage? Wouldn't that be great? Would you like a jubilee? Uh, hey, just wiped away. That was what they... Now, unfortunately, God's people never really did it very much. But it was there, God's heart. Jubilee, to wipe it away. To wipe away the debt. To, wipe, to, 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 to give you back your inheritance, your land. To give it back. To set you free if you had to sell yourself into slavery, set free, jubilee. Now, you don't need me to tell you that the greatest, the jubilee pointed to the cross and the resurrection, the jubilee, setting free, the, the, the wiping away of the, 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 the debts that stood against us. Folks, that's what this is all about. It's about jubilee. And God wants to give you and I that foretaste of glory divine, wiping away of the dead, freedom, jubilee. And as I, we're going to, uh, my time is gone. I'd love to go on a bit longer. It's a very rich theme, this. But you know, the trumpet's going to sound again one of these days. We're living for another trumpet call. We're living for another day when the trumpet's going to sound and Jesus is going to come again in all his majesty and glory, and we live for that day. Jubilee, the presence of the Lord, the kingdom of, of heaven among us in a beautiful way. Jubilee, it's a beautiful, precious, precious thing. I want to encourage you, dear, dear folks, put good patterns into your daily routines starting with a big vision of the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth, listening for his voice, daily gathering, uh, coming into his presence. And let me just say this as I close. The, the Sabbath, the seventh day, it's for the Lord. Some of us, we'll need to put back good habits into our lives as church family. Right? We will. We've, we've, been, we've not been together for over a year. Let me play, say, please, church family, Get yourself down here. Please, get yourself down here. We need to put new patterns back in. Just as we need to have patterns for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We need pattern for Sunday. It's the Lord's. It's not legalism. It's rhythms of grace. God wants to, to bless you and enrich you. And I want to encourage you. We reckon we can get about 100 people in here safely. Come on. Get your name on the list. Come down. I want to commend those who are here. Love you. Wonderful, wonderful. Sheila, what a hero. Sorry, you didn't mind me mentioning you, did you? Here you are, bless you, lovely to see you. So many of you I can pick out. Um, uh, uh, Jenny Darrow was here the other week. I mean, goodness, what, a, what an example for all of us. Being faith, faithfully walking with the Lord, loving to be with God's people. Come on, church, let's, let's get those rhythms of grace in our lives. And one of those is gathering together like this. Folks, we're... We're living for the king. Let the trumpet sound. Let the trumpet sound. Let's announce the, the, the presence of the Lord. We're living for the day when the trumpet will sound. And that will not be the shofar, that will not be the yovel, the celebration trumpet. It'll be the silver trumpet when the Lord comes. Because it's a day of reckoning. A day of joy for many. Judgment for others. It's, 
It's it's an awesome day. We're living for another day. When the trumpet sounds and the Lord Jesus comes. So let's let's be making advances in our walk with the Lord. Daily, Daily rhythms of grace so that we're not overwhelmed with what's going on around us. We're going to worship again now. Now, I hope we're going to sing. I love these guys. They're so flexible. (laughs) You're great. Love you. Um, There is a higher throne. There's a higher throne. We live our lives before the Lord. There's a higher throne. It's not all about me. It's about him. So let's sing this song now. And Lord, I just pray, please, captivate us. Stir us afresh. We want to advance as your people here at King's in the heart of Norwich. Lord, I pray, help us, your presence among us, rhythms of grace among us. Lord, I pray that before long this building will be packed again with hundreds of people singing out praises to you, King Jesus. Let's stand together.